Good evening and welcome to Post to Post. I am your host, Anthony Cavaretta. I am joined by the crew as always, Nick Matina, Jason Glickman. Hello. And Ryan Kraut. Hello. Now, we're actually going to go over a few of the games, to, actually most of the games from over the weekend. Hopefully everybody is up to date and knows what exactly is going on in the world of the National Hockey League. Oh, yeah, I watched a bunch of games this weekend, actually. Uh, there's a lot of good games that went on. Oh, there's a bunch. Yeah. Well, the first one we're going to is the Bruins lost in overtime to the Canucks. And Pasternak has been surging for the Bruins as of late. And there was one comment after the overtime loss that drew my attention. And it was that Pasternak is being compared to a young Yamir Yager. Yager is a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And for Pasternak, is that a good comparison or is that overhyping him? What do you think, Nick? Uh, I think that's a great comparison. I would not say that's a really th- under comparison. To compare him to a surefire Hall of Famer in Pasternak. Are you telling me that's not a good thing? Because if, you, if you're being referenced to you know a soon-to-be Hall of Famer maybe in the next few years, who knows when Yager decides to stop playing. Um, well, he can be inducted even if he's playing overseas. I believe. He could, but I think he would want it more if he's... It's not his decision, but you understand what I mean. Well, yeah. But David Pasternak, you know, had an incredible career, had an incredible rookie season, and then is still dominating the league. And I think that's a great um, reference that someone you know, said, oh, he's a young Yarmie Yager. Yarmie Yager is like... He got 80 one points of, last season, so... One of the all-time I top that. scorers in the NHL. But David Pasternak's not going to go to, like, 10 different teams, though. I think he's, he's gonna, not going to He's going to stay with Boston for a long time. Uh, Jason, what do you think about this? I think it's a it's a pretty fair comparison. I just looked at Pasternak's uh, stats for his first couple seasons. Uh, 14 and 15 were shortened seasons. He had 10 and 15. But then in 16 and 17, he played uh, 34. No, I'm looking at it backwards. But I get, my bad. Those are um, those are goals. His games played, he had 46 and 51. So... He really came out firing. He had 27 points rookie year, 26 the year after, and he only played for about half the year. Then he had 70 points in 16 and 80 in 17. So, so do you think the comparison is I good? Think, I think it's a very fair comparison. You know, you think that um, he can reach the standard that Yager set? I don't know if it's sustainable, but for right now, he's he's a young Yager. Okay, so you don't believe he's overhyped. What about you, Ryan? Well, I'll, I'll get back to you. All right, yeah, I just have I, a quick statement. Go ahead, I think Carl. it's a fair comparison because what, what whoever said – or whoever compared him to Yager, I feel like they're say, they're not saying that they're going to have the same career or same statistics, but I feel like they were talking the same about feel, same feel, same play style. So I I do think it's a, a very fair uh, comparison and one that Pasternak should on. I would be honored by that if I was him. You should. I. I you should be. Mm-hmm. You know, Yager, one of my favorite players of all time. So I'm a little biased. But Nick, now to bounce off what Ryan just said about um, his playing skill and stuff, Pasternak's a 22-year-old kid from the Czech Republic. He's six foot and he's 194 pounds. That's like if, if you if you're not using your weight and your height to the best of your ability in the NHL, because you could tell definitely that you know big guys like to hit. You know, and the smaller guys like to get around and the little crevices and skate around and stuff. That guy is a perfect player in my eyes. You know, he has he has just the right amount of weight and just the right amount of height where he could 
excel in this league and be better than he actually is now. You know, he only has 11 points. He has 11 points in eight games. I shouldn't say he only has 11 points. He has 11 points on the season so far, a you know, six plus goals, minus. Yeah. Three assists. He's doing well for himself in the beginning of the season, and especially on a, an up-and-coming Bruins team, too. You know, this this Bruins team is nothing to laugh at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and, and even though they're in a stacked Atlantic division, you know, the, he's on a good team. He's going to be on a team that, you know, now and down the road can succeed a lot. Yeah, and he's got five goals in five games in the past five games. Yeah, no. He's a so, great player. I'm not trust me. I'm not questioning his. Um, oh no, I, I don't think anyone's questioning. Him. And he's one of those players that, who he's so talented that anytime he steps out onto the ice, you're gonna see either, you're gonna see some sort of amazing pass, amazing goal, or he's a highlight. Or runner. he's literally a human highlight reel. He, the ability to score a hat trick at any time he wants to. It's and he hard. has. Well, it's hard now with all the goalies, so. Anybody else want to add anything about this little little uh, statement? I think we're all on the same track here. I think we all believe that that being compared to Yarmir Yager is like an incredible like comparison. Now, he could put up a hat trick almost every night, but when you have a night like Grubauer had the other night, he the Avalanche debuted the Hurricanes. He made 42 saves. Wow. And there was a goal by McKinnon. You had Landis got go- scoring two. You know, they they I think it was McKinnon has an eight game. He has a he has an eight-game point streak right now, I believe. McKinnon? Yeah. I'm going to double-check it's, on it's that. It's either McKinnon or Landeskog. I know it's one of the two. I, I have it written down. Uh, Landeskog has been a it huge be, surprise. It might be Gabriel Landeskog. Yeah, maybe Landeskog. I have, I have it written here next to each other, so maybe I may be wrong. But, you know. No, it's not Landeskog because Landeskog. I'll, I'll double-check. We'll, we'll, well, we'll get that in a second. But, you know, with that. You know the the Avalanche winning against the Hurricanes team. Does this hurt the Hurricanes at all, Ryan? Um, I, I don't think it hurts them. They're still in the top of the uh, the Metro Division, and every team has their setbacks at at some point or another. And for the Hurricanes, they came out to this amazing start. It was bound to happen. They were going to slow down a little bit, and losing to the Avalanche, like what? If this was the Avalanche team we saw at the beginning of last season, then yeah, it'd be a, li- a little concerning because the Avalanche were towards the bottom of the standings last season. But this is something clicked for the Avalanche last year. They're an entirely different team now. Mm-hmm. Actually, so they're Nick, playoff team last year, so it's nothing to be too concerned about. Further down in my notes, it does say Nick uh, Nathan McKinnon. It says McMatina. Yeah, I have an eight game point. I have an eight game point streak going. Season, season opening that. point streak to eight games. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. so it was McKinnon. I have that. Landeskog also has a point streak as well. He's got six goals last three games. He had an assist uh, in the loss to Calgary. I'm digging back in his games. That's four games at least. Well, the Avalanche, you know, they bounced back from a horrendous season two seasons ago, and I think they will be a contender, and they probably will make the playoffs again. They made it last year, but a great bounce back season, so they should continue going and that's actually one of the questions I have here you know they're five one and two overall the abs they're good they're very good mm-hmm. it's some um, especially in the division that they're in the division which I believe hold on I gotta check that again I want to make sure uh, yeah they're in second in the central yeah yeah and they're only behind Nashville which yeah. Nashville itself has been incredible the, the central is a very weird decision uh division what and it makes you say that I think we can oh I mean I was gonna say really? we all agree on that but I think I want to know. Well, no, I'll explain myself. You know, you have a lot of teams that I believe in the Central can 
make a great push for the playoffs, but, like, they just don't show it. You know, like the Minnesota Wild, they have a great team, but... They have an aging team as well, though. Yeah, I mean, I think it's time for Miku Koivu to retire. I think I said that last time, but <laughs> that's a long story. But, I mean, you look at the Minnesota Wild, they, they can definitely make the playoffs. The Colorado Avalanche, if they don't make the playoffs this year, it's... I mean, it's there's got to be a season. big trade change somewhere. Maybe they're missing something. Or injury. Or injury, you know. For wait, um, say again? No, I'm saying if the Colorado Avalanche don't make that leap into the playoffs this year and fall short, there's got to be a change somewhere, I feel like. Because if, if we're, you're getting that close and then you're dropping right yeah, before you, the you season You came ends, back and you lost in a first-round exit to – and you did more in the playoffs than anybody thought you would last year because they won a game. Mm-hmm. So we everybody think everybody in here. People didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs. So even yeah, just we, getting there, yeah, was, we all said that they were going to get swept in the first round, exactly. and they, they ended and up winning a game against the game. Predators, I believe it was. It was the Presidents Trophy Predators. So that's that's the, that's a great thing. So it was a home win though. So not once well, yeah, it's you know, still a win crowd, is a win. The crowd in Denver, yeah, there's always been a great home home stadium to play in. One thing about Colorado, though, I mean, they've always been a team to watch for myself. You know, besides the teams that I like, you know. The young talent on this team is phenomenal. And they, you know, Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog, you know, he had his ups and downs, but right now he's on a hot streak, man. He looks great. If you watch any of the games when they play Carolina, I watch the highlights of those games. He's flying down the ice. You know, he's making every last ditch effort to get a puck on that. I don't know if you saw his first goal the other day um, where he had a loose puck and all he did was flipped it. No, it was a great right goal. Right past. Um, the goaltender for Carolina, who's I think like, it was Ward. No, Ward's no, not Ward. on Carolina anymore. Ward, oh yeah, he went Ward's to on the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Jimmy had a great save Mar- the other Marazic, night right? It might have been Peter Marazic. Um, like just his hockey sense is great, and putting his hockey sense with Nathan McKinnon's hockey sense, they're meshing so well together. Man, it, and then Rotten came out of nowhere, surprised yeah everyone. And not even that. I think we can all say that picking up Grubauer. Mm-hmm. The Avalanche made a great, a yeah. great choice with that. The and Landeskog, Landeskog's been insane to start off the season. The Avalanche are looking like the Avalanche. Like, like, where were you the past five that? seconds? I was just talking about Landeskog. He's looking at stats. The, the he's, two biggest moves that the Avalanche have made within the last calendar year have been Philip Grubauer get, getting him from the Capitals and trading Matt Duchesne. That mm-hmm. actually that really did help them. That's when they turned everything around and J- Jason, you have something to say there? Isn't, isn't Grubauer their second, their backup goalie? Yeah, you have Varlamov. But to Varlamov? Yeah, Varlamov, yeah. but, you know, when you have Grubauer... Yeah, I, I, think I would much rather have Varlamov and Grubauer than exactly. Varlamov and who they have like, yeah. Because that'll, that'll really help you out on back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. So. is now with the... Is he with the Leafs still, or is he with the Ducks? Um, I'm going to double... Yeah, someone double-check that for me, but um, the one thing I, I want to ask the three of you, because I already have my decision in my head, He's with the with with Red Wings. duos. Oh, he's with the Wings. Oh, that's he's right. Kind of okay. Wings, yes. Um, man, so many players move throughout yeah, the a years. Lot of, there was a lot um, of. now with Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog, do you put them as a dynamic duo next to Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and um, like Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, or Not Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane? Not Jason, what, what, what do you think? Yes I was going to no? say not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Once I they, Jason. Once they prove that they consistent, like some of the pairs you mentioned have been doing it for 
five, six, seven years. Once mm. Landis Cog and McKinnon have been together for another like maybe two or three years, and they're still producing. The I mean, they've already been today. together like four years. Uh, three, I think. But well, but here's the thing: on a, the last few years, they have had no real pieces to help them. Colorado has been the laughing stock of the NHL mm. for a, like right under Phoenix. Like right under Arizona, they've been a lot. Like those two have been the laughing stock. Mm-hmm. I still and Arizona around, still could turn their stuff around, even though they probably will get moved to Houston. Now, but, Jason says not yet. This will be the last thing we'll ask them. We'll, yeah. no, no, that's fine. Uh, Jason says not time. yet. You don't think they're there yet? I think they need. I think that they they could be there, but I still think that they they need a few more years of production against teams that want to compete against them, because. It's a, it's still a two it's it's still a game. Mm-hmm. So for the Avalanche, I think what you need to do is you need to get other teams to respect you okay. and play against you at the level that you want to compete. You know, because you walk into like I think a lot of teams over the last few years would walk into Colorado and be like, all right, we can we don't have to play as hard because this isn't a team that can can go yet. Mm-hmm. Once it's, this team starts to go, they can go. It's still a very respectable line. Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying it's not respectable. Now, lastly, Ryan. I'd say they are, just because once they started playing together, Colorado started going up in the standings, and even when they were at towards the bottom, they were they still gave something some form of hope to the Avalanche fans, and the things that they can do when they're on the ice together is just it's incredible. So I I would say that they're they're there, and I, I wouldn't put them top five pairs in the league, but if they play together for another three, four years, they'll they'll get there. Absolutely. So, with that, I think we all can say we can move on from the Avalanche. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, with the Hurricanes, too. Like, look at the Hurricanes. Has anybody expected them to come out like this? I think this is just a segment now <laughs> where we're talking about teams that Well, you know, we, we were talking yeah. about at Colorado, and Colorado, as we know, has been working their way up. And now we look at Carolina, who I think we can all say is a laughing stock. And it was a laughing stock up until this summer. And even this summer, like, come on, did anybody really sit here? Did anybody sit at home and look at the TV if you were watching, like, NHL Network and look at the offseason and be like, hey, did they look good? Did anyone really expect this from, like, Sebastian Ajo? He already tripled his career points. Well, in not even half a season. Well, Jason. We'll get back to you on that because I think we have to take a break now. So you're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post. I'm your host, Anthony Kevretta, and I'm glad to join you, all of my fellow crew members here. But I just want to say that we're here on mywcwp, and we are also on Facebook Live. If there's anybody on Facebook Live that would like to shoot us a question or a comment, feel free to chime in and we will get to and we will gladly get to your question. So, Jason, before we had to take a break, you were saying about Sebastian Ajo and Carolina as they have been on fuego. Oh yeah, Sebastian Ajo is just he's he's got to be the key reason first their their really hot start. I mean, he came out last season he had 65 points, uh, 29 goals, 36 assists, and already he's got four goals, nine assists. He's got 13 points already uh, through eight games. So if he can keep this pace up, 
Carolina's going to be a force to reckon with this season. No, and I, I, I 100% agree with you. This team, you know, I think what was their, they got, they got rid of a lot, of, few players over the summer. They picked up Skinner. And I think they, they got rid of Skinner. Oh, they got rid of Skinner. I'm sorry. There was too many moves to be like, it's very confusing when you go back and you look and like, wait, I remember that happened, but I didn't remember how it happened. So, but no, Carolina did do a lot. I think their main te- team that they were trading with was Calgary. They, yeah, they and made Calgary that uh, also is an Hannafin trade. Mm. Yeah, so, but I think, you know, Carolina came back out and they just did that surprise everybody. And especially in an East, the only thing is, can they keep this up? I, I believe they can't. You know, it's it's early in the season. We're only eight, eight, seven, eight games in, and you look at the Metropolitan Division, and you have teams that really haven't gotten into their stride yet. You know, Columbus, Washington, Pittsburgh, even New Jersey, and even you could even throw in the the Flyers, Islanders, and Rangers. You know, well, not all of them, but I'm saying like they will get a little bit better. You have to say. We'll get to the the tri-state teams in a moment. In a moment, because I know I have a little special something for Jason in a little bit. Ooh, a gift. A gift for you, Jason. But, you know, do you guys believe, do you agree with me saying that, you know, Carolina is going to be in this Metro division and the Capitals are looking to, they've said it how many times on their their warm-up videos, at their games. I I don't know how many more back-to-back chants I want to hear from them because I don't want it to be back-to-back. But they have the talent to, and mm. Pittsburgh, you know, they didn't. They just came off of a back-to-back victory, Stanley Cup championship. So that you don't want to count them out. So can Carolina compete with the supposed big boys of the Metro? No, I don't think so. Oh, so we're all in agreement. At, at the they've, moment, they've lost three in a row right now. But uh, their their schedule coming up is pretty easy for the next month or so. So if they can win these games against teams that haven't really hit their stride, if they can kick them all they're down, teams like. Uh, Detroit. Detroit's won, oh. what, one game? Islanders are doing pretty terribly to start off the season. Uh, Coyotes, they play Chicago twice. Yeah, they play. Their and next, they play Detroit again. Their next game is Detroit, San Jose, which has been surprisingly lackluster, and you said the Islanders. And the biggest question is going to be the Bruins. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be the first test. It's not it's not a Metro team that they're going to be up against, but the Bruins, but no, it's still a big still team a in the East. Team. It's, it's, and, you know, we, we will see how that goes. So I, I don't think they can keep it up right now because I think right now they're still too young. They made a lot of changes, so they're still trying to get that build up that chemistry even more than what we've seen so far. And there's just too many stacked teams in the Metro. I think it was like two two or three years ago, there were four teams in the Metro that had 100 points. Oh, yeah, no, it's insane. And you take a look at the teams that that um, Sebastian Ajo, that the, the Hurricanes have beaten – They've beaten the Rangers, the Canucks, the Wild, and Columbus. No one of so no one of no. really big caliber. Yes, they they were four zero and one for the first throughout the first five games. But then they played three real teams. They played the Jets, Lightning, Colorado. No offense when I said real teams there, but they played three <laughs> good teams in teams the Jets, that are, teams Lightning, that are teams that are playoff contenders. Playoff contenders and they really had no offensive production. Um, gave up three, four goals each time, and only scored one to two. So that's they really got to turn things around now. Do we mention that they're first in the division at the moment? Yes. The Metro still hasn't by, picked up. Yet. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't yes. picked up yet. Not, but they are only the up by one point. It's still October. 
So like it, we're only teams. it's still October. We're we're still fairly oh, new yeah. into the season. It's that time of the year where teams that don't belong at the top of the division are at the top of the division. <laughs> exactly. You know. Like we'll Canucks. Give it like yeah. I was about to say Vancouver. Give it like thirty games. Yeah, Vancouver. And, and it's they'll be fall soon. It'll sort itself actually, out. I don't know about that. I, I I know we keep swapping from team to team, like really quick. But I'll make a quick statement. Like Vancouver. Good for them, but I don't think. I, th- I mean, I don't they're think gonna they're going to fall off a cliff. I don't think they're going to drop that much. I think they'll sit like pretty in fourth. Possibly. Vancouver? Maybe. If Edmonton's going to pick LA's, up. Vancouver's, LA's not looking Vegas good. Vegas is going to pick up. San Jose is going to pick up. Like, and no. They don't, they don't really have the goaltending either. Like, mm. there's a lot of problems in Vancouver. And you don't and have a lot of don't offensive have... power either. You know, you have, what, one guy? You have Besser. You have Besser. Brock Besser, yeah. I mean... But you can't... No offense, he's not going to carry the whole team. Vancouver's beat just some lost the two pretty legit teams. Like, uh, go ahead, Jason. If you, if you look at... I know I talk about schedule schedule strength a lot, but they beat Calgary. They beat the Lightning. They beat Pittsburgh. They beat the Bruins. Those teams are still... But those that we just... We literally just said right. that the teams are still... It's still early in the season for those teams to still, like, mesh together, and then they'll be good. I don't think Vancouver will be able to stay with I mean, the Lightning have kind of jumped out. The Lightning are at the top they in almost every category. They jumped out last year, too. They would, if it wasn't The Lightning jumped out and stayed out. That was the difference. Yeah, and they, you know, I think they could do that again, especially with having, you know, McDonough and Miller and a few other guys for, like, the whole season. Now. Exactly. And half the and New York Rangers. We're yeah, saying the same thing here. Ah, uh, the Tampa Bay Rangers. But we'll go. We'll, let's continue into the match. Tampa Bay has that one regulation loss. And who was that one regulation loss to? The Vancouver Canucks. Case closed. Case closed. All right. So <laughs> Vancouver think, Canucks so are for Vancouver's real. Are gonna, you think Vancouver's going to make the playoffs? I think they're for real. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll be as bad as we thought. You'll think they'll be like St. Louis last year. Like, they'll be a few, like a point or two out. I think they'll miss by like maybe like a handful of points. They'll be like the Panthers. Okay. I, I, I can agree with that. All right. We'll see. Well, let's move on. So, Jacob Varkov. Um, or Varak. Varak. Voracek. Voracek. It does. It's miss. I don't know if it's misspelled on my sheet, but yeah, is it misspelled? No, that's that, right. That's, that's right. correct. And then I just yeah. can't speak. <laughs> so he scores a tie-breaking goal with three ten remaining to defeat the New Jersey Devils. Are you trying to make me cry here? Or like, what is this? <laughs> this is, this is your like little, an invention? This is your, no, this is your little gift for today. That's not a gift. No, it, it's it's it gets better. You get to talk about the Devils finally. You talk about so. the, and you know there was a great goal where you know King Kincaid got deked, and it was beautiful. I'm sorry. You just brought up Keith Kincaid and it, it put a light bulb in my head. Ooh. I don't know if anybody caught this the other day um, on NHL Network. They had Kevin Weeks, um, one of my favorite past goaltenders. Yeah, he was you a know. great goaltender. Uh, on NHL Network, you know he he has a main job there now. He's one of the hosts, and they had a little segment with him where he announced uh, the top five goaltenders right now, starting the season. No and, way. And going on. He, was... he named Keith Kincaid number one. No way. No. 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 And I'll tell you why, because he he had a good point. He mentioned that Keith Kincaid was really holding the fort for okay. the New Jersey Devils while they were down Corey Schneider, and they've been producing without him, and they've been winning games with Keith Kincaid. Looking back at last season with Keith Kincaid, he wasn't doing that well. You know, until Schneider went down. Until Schneider went down, and he had a bigger role now, in. Oh, let me finish. I'm letting you. And he had a bigger role in net, and now he's got all this positivity. 
uh, Kevin Weeks said he got the chance to speak to him. He's been working a lot over the summer, more and more. I feel like that's a big story. You know, you always hear guys come back bigger and better than ever or lost more weight or changed some type of their body or metabolism, whatever it is. But I low-key agree with him. His top five, if I can remember correctly, I believe it was one was Keith Kincaid, two was Pecorino, three was Henrik Lundqvist, four was Devin Dubnik, and five uh, might have been Michael Hutchinson. I can't remember exactly where the order was. Right. But. I feel like Kevin Weeks is watching a different NHL than we are. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, but with that, and you know, I, I, your opinion on Kincaid is great, but the Devils came out to such a great start. And I believe they were riding, you know, coming off of, you know, they came they came back from not a, a great season, and then they made the playoffs. They didn't do extra, they did decently against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Everybody knew that the Lightning were going to come out of that anyways, mm-hmm. you know, to Jason's dismay. But I, I knew it was going to happen. Deep yeah, down. <laughs> but you accepted it. So, but here's what I here's what my my idea is, and you may believe it in Kink and Cade and Kink and yeah, Kink and Cade. <laughs> Probably, did I still say that wrong? King Kincaid? It's Keith Kincaid. Kincaid. Keithy. Now, with that, and, you know, they lost to the Flyers, a, a division rival. Does that put out the Devils for now? Will no. they now recede no. a bit or will no. they keep no. going? They have, again, they, they got off to a slow start. Uh, not, like, slow start, but, like, games-wise because they played one game in Sweden and then came back. They didn't play for a week. So they still have two games on hand that'll come in big and play as they move on later, you, in, later in the year. Even yeah. if you just take one point from each of those games, they're still at ten points, which which would lead the division. Um, I think that that shouldn't really affect them. I mean, it was a pretty heart like a pretty heartbreaking loss to Philadelphia. They gave up one goal with uh, like two thirty five remaining. You said no, yeah, it was a three ten, and they, they were in the game the whole time. So they had yeah. a big power play goal from Brian Boyle early on in the third period. Take which had the game, got them back into it. But, okay, so now, and the question for Nick now, now we're going to switch it. How do the Flyers come out of this? Because um, the Flyers haven't been pretty bad. Their, their biggest highlight of the year so far is unveiling Gritty. So I don't think they're doing that. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a highlight. They, they, also, they also have <laughs> I call wins. that scarring every child in America. We but. just talked about two teams that have four wins. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, with, but here's the thing. Is it a turning point? Is it because in this league, a team can get hot on a dime, and they can go out on a dime. So it's just, what I'm asking is, you know, and this has to do with Patrick coming back, and he's done very well for himself mm-hmm. since coming back from from that short stint and injury that we talked about a few weeks ago. Does he now flourish as the Flyers' top scorer, or one of their top scorers? And help them get over the hump. No, no. You still think he's going to be in development? Yes. Who are we talking about? Who's Nolan, the Patrick. Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick. Um, but you could say the same thing for he's developing as well. I'll give you my opinion on uh, the Flyers at the moment. I don't think they're going far this year. Um, wow. Looking at their injuries at the moment, they're down Michael Neuvirth and they're down JVR. Yeah, that's a really um, which are two really big. Um, injuries. You know, Michael Nervous has a groin injury, and for goalies, a groin injury takes a while to get back into shape. And for JVR, James Van Riedek, he got a lower body injury, and he's out five to six weeks right now. Uh, I felt like there was a big hype over the Philadelphia Flyers, maybe back in uh, 
a couple of years ago, maybe starting. You know, they were a good team. They were producing. They made the cup final not too long ago, if you think about it. Maybe eight years ago, I, I think it is now. Thirteen, they made it. Ten, they made it. Was it was ten. It was against Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's why I said thirteen. I thought it was thirteen because Chicago was in it for like. Oh, five I years. see what you're saying. I was I confused for a second, but I don't see the Flyers really going anywhere. Um, in in at least this year. Looking at their stats, you know, they're 4-4. Four and four. They're, they're just 500. They're second in the Metro, which is, you know, a little shocking. They're tied for second. You know, they, the, uh, the Flyers are turning. There's like a five-way tie for There's second. There's like a five-way oh, tie yeah, for second. I'm Eight points. Now. I'm like, wait, um, that's, that doesn't seem right. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, there is a five-way tie for second. Goals, four. They've scored 30, and they're actually second in the league in goals scored. But they're second to last in the league in goals against with 33. Um and really, I just, you know, there was there was big hype over Claude Giroux a, yeah. a few years ago. And be honest with me, have you heard anything about Claude Giroux lately? Well, we'll answer that after we get back from break. So, you're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on MyWCWP and on Facebook Live. Now, Nick, mm-hmm. you were saying? I was saying the question I left with everybody, and you've had about a minute to think about it now. Um, have you th- heard a lot about Claude? We were talking about the Flyers, if you just joined us. Um, and I, my opinion was I believe that they're not really going anywhere in the near future, uh, especially this year. I they're they're low on injuries and they haven't really had anybody to really sprout anything and my question to you guys was have you really heard anything about Claude Giroux lately you know there's a lot of hype over him the past few years and I feel like this year he nothing he's doing a lot quietly um he's got 11 points on the season three goals but eight assists so he's He's not been the primary goal scorer that you're like, oh, Claude Giroux, he's going to score some goals. He's been really the second guy that he's making the plays happen. He's behind the scenes. He's doing what he's got to do. He's not the front guy, the leading guy anymore. So, no, I haven't heard much about him. He's still doing his job very well. I think he's doing um, – he's being a captain. He's being a captain on this team. And, you know, he's doing all the stuff that he needs to do. But – the, the question that I have is why he, he is a goal scorer, and that's what he was brought into the NHL originally to do, to be a goal scorer and to be one of the top guys on the Philadelphia Flyers to score goals. And he hasn't done that, and I don't think that's his fault entirely. I think you don't have a team around him to do that. I think if the Flyers, if the season continues to go this poorly – the question that I would like to, if I was the, if I was the Flyers GM, I would say, do you trade Claude Giroux? Because I think if he was on another team with more firepower, he would be an All Star. He would be a All Time scorer, and you know, he would be much better. I'm, you know, as Jason said, he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and he does a lot of stuff. He gets the assists. He helps guys out. I don't think he's there to do that. I think he was originally brought in to be a goal scorer. He's capable of being goal scorer. He's just- He's very capable. He just, um, I feel like he wants to get the other guys into the mix a little bit, get the team producing. Because if you have one guy hot, great. You have you have one guy hot. If you can get the whole team going, and if you can have the whole team hot, 
and the whole team is confident and the whole team knows, hey, I can score a goal, then you're going to roll and you're going to be very hot for a, a while. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what do you think? We haven't heard from you yet. Uh, often. Personally, in regards to... Well, I ha- also haven't heard much about Claude Giroux, but granted, I also haven't really heard much about the Flyers in general because they're just... They're not up to the standards that they can be. But I would not trade Claude Giroux. He, he's the center of this team. He, like Jason said, he gets everyone involved. Or he's the face of the team. Face of the team, center of... like There's building the team around him and they they need him and he's already been a five-time all-star with them second all-star team last year all, all second all team last year and i i think the flyers really do need him they need him his leadership and because he, you got to help those younger guys develop so i i would not get rid of claude Giroux if they if they get a chance but i don't think they want to get rid of claude Giroux either Think Nick, I think that solved your 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 question there. Yeah, I mean, kind of thinking about it, I I did look back at the stats, and he did have a season high in um, goals last year, and a season high in points with 102, and he finished fourth in the voting for the Hart Trophy. So, I mean, that kind of brings back my my opinion a little bit. You know, he was there. Maybe I just didn't pay attention to the Flyers a lot. Because you're a Ranger fan, you're not supposed to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as a team, as a fan of a team in the Metro Division, you don't really like watching other teams in the Metro. But um, I don't know. There's something about Claude Giroux that it just doesn't really, you know, bring me to thinking that he can be a top player compared to everybody who is a rising star. Well, with that. I think we've all said what we need to say about Claude Drew and the Philadelphia Flyers. I guess so. Unless anybody has anything else they'd like to add. Jason, you you look like you Jason, want to say something. <laughs> not, not about Claude Drew, not about Claude Drew now. No. But now, actually, I'm, I'm just going to do a quick little note about this because I know I wanted to get this in. Um, Charles Wang passed away. Mm-hmm. And, and Kraut, I know you're an Islander fan, so you, that's kind of heartfelt. A lot of the players did come forward and they said a few things. Um... I think a few of us, I think all of us here kind of have an idea of how he ran the team as a part owner. So, you know, I think it's still, it's sadly passed away, but do you think that the response has been good for him? Because, you know, as, as teams of division rival, as fans of division rivals, and, you know, we all knew who the guy was, mm-hmm. especially with the whole Barclays Center, Belmont, Coliseum Lighthouse Project thing that was going on in the past few years. So, we, Ryan, you have anything to say about it specifically, or no? Um, we can move on. <laughs> I just I thought it was really nice of a lot of the players and e- even the other teams. There were some other organizations that tweeted their condolences. Like I I know the Canadians tweeted something and and the Rangers tweeted something. I I didn't see that personally, but no, there was there was a, like teams did so mention it. There there were teams and players that tweeted things. I heard that. Um, Travis Hamanick was legitimately in tears when he found out that Wong passed away because he just he had such an impact on on the Islanders as a franchise, their their players, the the fan base, and they would not be here. Granted, it was a a pit stop in Brooklyn, but they would not be in New York if he was not the owner. He he came in when they were having trouble, straightened everything out, 
and then got out. He was really pulling for this team to go back to the island. He was. Yeah, and he wanted to keep them there so bad, but he was a great, you know, uh, owner for this New York Islanders team. People could say whatever they want about Charles Wang, but he did a lot for this Islanders team. And for the record, he did get his wish. The Islanders, at some point, will be coming going, back to the island. They're going back to Belma, and I I remember like right before he sold the team, there were there were chants at games with when the Islanders were not performing well. That all I heard was "Sell Wang, Sell," and he he eventually did, but they wouldn't be here without him. So he was a huge part of this organization, and I, I think that they're gonna the Islanders and Ledecky and Malkin, they're going to find some way to honor him, other than the moment of silence they already have planned on Wednesday. Mm. Well, that night, they'll probably do like a ceremony at mm. the Coliseum when they do play their first Something that I, their first I would also expect some sort of patch on the jersey. Yeah, wouldn't that, be surprised. Yeah. I heard something about like dedicating something at the Belmont Stadium to him, but I'm not sure how, uh, how true Possibly. it was. That would be a, a nice touch. But maybe naming the stadium after him? No. Or, I, I, I don't know think. about that. I wouldn't think of that. Maybe uh, the sponsor. Maybe the rink. Because they usually do maybe the Belmont Stakes Arena, and then maybe they'll do maybe they'll do the rink, the rink, and his Charles name. Wong rink. They I, do like a section of the stands, like you know how we have the blue seats. Mm-hmm. Like you could do something like that. I was thinking maybe a banner. No, he'll get a banner. I think probably he'll get something. You, got, you have Al Albers, Al Albers banner up there yeah. too. So he, it's not far fetched. The Rangers did a moment of silence last night also for Charles Wayne. Mm-hmm. So so now on a different note, does anybody believe the leaves are are cooling off? Just a tad. It wasn't sustainable. They, they weren't. Gonna, <laughs> I mean, we might have. We might have <laughs> they weren't going to keep up that pace all all season, but they have hit a little bit of a bump in the road. Uh, shut out by the Penguins, allowed one goal. Uh, scored one goal. Excuse me against the Blues. So, from, I mean, going from six and one to six and three, it's not a huge deal, but with the firepower that the Leafs have, it's something to be. Cautious, cautious of, like, I, now, I wouldn't jump off a cliff about it. They lost two games. Everyone loses games, but they'll they'll be fine. And now a home and home against Winnipeg, which Winnipeg is now starting to get their stride. It's not not going to be easy for Toronto if they want to stop this skid. They're going to have to stop it. I would have to say now, uh, go into Winnipeg, beat the Jets, beat them at least at home. At, yeah, but you don't really want to lose three in a row because then the team morale is kind of low, and then you go back home. And then you have what a three-game homestand, and then you go to Pittsburgh. Then you come home to play Boston. No, you come home to play uh, Vegas, then New Jersey, and then you play Boston. It's not an easy stretch for them. You really got to stop it now. Yeah, and I think that you know, I don't think that they will continue to stay at the pace they're going, especially because they don't really have a defense. Like everybody's like, oh, you know, you got the firepower of Tavares and Matthews, and you know, where was it the last two games, right? That and yeah, and you know, you know, yeah, you need the, the objective of a hockey game is to score more goals than the other team, but not when your entire defense looks like dead fish. Hmm. I mean, they are for, they are first in scoring in the whole league. Yeah, but that's expected with the with the firepower you have, though. Past two what's games, the, they've scored their, one goal. What's their goals against? It's only uh, thirty-four to thirty. It's four. not. Yeah, that doesn't really scream great to me. They have a top one of the better goaltenders in the league, but. He can only do so much when the defense is letting everyone get around them and yeah. get past them. It reminds me of the Islanders last season. Exactly. It reminds they, me the Rangers they did that this a lot. season. I mean, it reminds me of the Rangers this so season. So d- defense wins championships. That's We've all heard that's, that saying before. We heard it growing up. We still hear it now. It does. And 
I think that's ultimately going to be the Leafs' downfall. No defense? The fact that they their defense is basically Morgan Riley. Which is still. He can still put 25, 30 minutes on ice. Yeah, and then you burn him out, and then what? Who do you got to fill? Who else do you got? They're gonna have to make it some trade. They're gonna have to make some trades. Oh, uh, I believe they definitely pick up come, a defenseman or two. Come January after the All Star break, you will hear a lot of talks. Defensemen are very difficult to find well, in this uh, in this day of hockey. You know, when there's teams that look like they may be actually heading towards a rebuild, I wouldn't be surprised if you started to trade defensemen. Which there's one team in particular that I want to get to, which Coyotes. is when we go to the West. No, it's not the Coyotes. The Coyotes. Really? No, it's not. It's a, it's a different West team. And they're in the same vicinity. But before we do that, just two quick little notes here. Seth Jones is returning. Yay! That's good to hear. (laughs) 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 Just dead silence. We we won't get anything. He comes back. He's definitely going to help the Jackets. Yeah. It might take him a couple games to to get back into the flow of things. And I mean, he's coming off a MCL tear. Yeah. So he's got to get used to that. You think that'll make the Jackets a little bit more competitive in the Metro? It'll help. I don't know if it's going to be the deciding factor, but Seth Jones had a great first round against um, against Washington last year, and he he really helped him. He's a presence right next to uh, Wierenski, so that's definitely going to give him a boost. And we just said defensemen are so hard to come by. You get a good defenseman back, it's, it's going to boost your team regardless mm-hmm. of who it is. And the good thing for the Blue Jackets as well is that as soon as Seth Jones comes back, they only got one guy in the IR, and that's Brandon Dubinsky. And um, I feel like that's a, that's a good thing. You know, you only got one guy injured. Your roster is pretty much set. You know, Dubinsky used to be, like, maybe a top-nine offensive player, and now he's really, like, a guy you scratch and you bring in Every other game, you know, just so we get some playing time. And you know, with Dubinsky being the only guy out after Seth Jones comes back, I feel like the Blue Jackets are in a really good spot. You know, they're tied for second right now in the Metro with eight points. They've been keeping up without those two. Mm-hmm. I imagine when they when they both come back. Yeah. They should be. Scary. That's a scary thought. Columbus might actually be good for a year. Columbus might actually be. Really? Well, they, 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 hey, they haven't not been good. They, just, have, they it's, just haven't been a playoff it's hard, team. It's hard to say with the Metro because the Metro is the Metro, so... There's only two teams that you know are not going to make the playoffs. Rangers-Islanders? Yeah. They're not. As much as we not. want to dream, you know, the dream. <laughs> okay, Jason, when you when you make another first-round playoff exit, when the Devils get out again and you're like, oh, okay, I'm done, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So Write that down, Kraut. <laughs> when the, oh, Devils first round playoff exit. Devils first round playoff exit. I got they you. have to make the playoffs first. Hey, if they make the playoffs, it's even more of a win for me. Yeah, it's gonna so, be a long list. Nah, crowd, crowd's lists are always great here. First so round playoff exit. Got it. All right. So with that, we're gonna go to a break now. So you're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcawp.org. I'm your host, Anthony Cavaretta, and we are going to go into our final segment now, and we're going to talk about the Western Conference a little bit more now. And one of the, what I mentioned earlier is, um, you know, there's one team that I believe may do what the Rangers did last year and say, hey, we're going to, we may, you know, rebuild now. 
and I and you already guessed of what it could be. Apparently, it can't be the it's coyotes. Not the coyotes because the coyotes have, I, don't have anything to tank. I but, think I know what you're talking about. Wait, let's hear it. Is it the Los Angeles Kings? Yes. I'm a good boy. <laughs> good job. <laughs> good guess, Nick. Didn't yeah. uh, they had a closed door meeting the other day after a loss to the Sabers? Daddy just resigned, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, eight years. Eight That's years. Not, I think he's not going now. anywhere. He ain't going. You said you said they're going to try to trade some of their defensemen. Yeah, but you, they have more defensemen than just Dowdy, and they can't trade Dowdy. Who's going to buy that contract? No one. Nobody. Exactly. So Nobody I'm not right saying now, but Dowdy. When contracts, but saying, when contracts go up and eleven million dollars is not a lot of money. Players are going to people are going to want Dowdy. Exactly. When that contract's up, which you in like that five point. years, yeah. Exactly. But I'm saying like you know, they lost to the Sabers. Five to one, which I know the Sabres are in the laugh at. This is the first time they're over five hundred in what three years? Five years. Five years is doing great right now, and good for them. But you know that's still like the Kings have just been on a very bad streak lately. They lost to the Islanders seven to two on Thursday, and you that was know, embarrassing. Four goals on four shots. You lost five to one against the. You lost five to one against the Sabres. Also embarrassing. You're twelve to three. Twelve to three in two games. You're not doing good. Like you have nothing's going your way. And, you know, they, they had a closed-door meeting. I can't imagine what was said, you know, but... They're dead last in almost every category. Goals for, goals, of eight, goals against, mm. assists, shooting percentage, power play, penalty kill. They're almost dead last in almost every one of those They're categories. only one point above the Coyotes. They only oh, have one power scary. play goal all season. <laughs> that's scary. They're two, <laughs> five, and one. They have five. They have five points. Arizona has four. They have a new head coach as well. So, I don't. how do you fix that? How do you... What could you say to this team to get them to play better? You think oh, Co- let's bring Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah. You think, uh, great, great idea. Do you think Kovalchuk's a pawn, maybe, to get some uh, something good for him? Who's over in Russia that you need? No, no, no. You no, just no, no, use Kovalchuk as bring a pawn to get him. Trade him. Trade him. Trade him. Kovalchuk wanted to play in a bright light city. Okay, and the Kings want to win. They don't look like they're winning. Okay, so you, you, know, you trade Kovalchuk for some good pieces down the line. Kovalchuk helps the team Kovalchuk, now. I don't think Kovalchuk is. Why would you? Why would you go get out? Go out of your way, and sign Kovalchuk when there were other teams chomping at the bid for him for leverage. Exactly, there for are other le- teams. There are other teams that want him. So down the line, him, but he just hasn't been producing. I thought I don't think he's been producing nearly what they wanted him to. He's not the Kovalchuk of years ago. I think you what? said that last week. Well, no kidding, he's not he's the Kovalchuk of years 35 ago. Thirty-five now. He was. He, that all that production from those years were in, it was in Russia, and he produced in Russia. But now he has to get readjusted to the NHL again. And he's he's getting readjusted. I mean, he had he's that. He's not doing terribly. He's not doing. Ter- he's five points in eight games. He's got two goals, and one of them is a really nice goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, there are so many teams that wanted him. So assuming he he produces for the Kings, Kings aren't going anywhere as, as of now. Uh, the Kings can look at those teams that that wanted him and say, "Hey, uh, we could use some of those prospects you guys have. You could take Kovalchuk. He's got in eight games, he has two goals, three assists, five points. He's got a minus two plus minus. So assuming he turns around, he could be used as trade leverage. So you really think that the, the, the way the Kings get out of this situation of being, you know, almost as bad as the Coyotes? Possibly worse the, than the Coyotes. Not, they not are Kovalchuk, not worse than but the they Coyotes. have to trade somebody. Yeah, somebody's going to have to bite big. the dust. I feel like he might have to like take some time to kind of get back into this NHL kind of feel. You know, because he's been he spent so much time in the KHL for a while, and now he's hopping back in the NHL. Kind of has to find himself again as an NHL player. 
uh, do you have the time? Like, do you have? Do you really think that they have the time though? Because you know, the Kings they they had the closed door meeting, and they're kind of, they're saying to their team now, like, you know, we don't want to go this direction. We don't want to go into the rebuilding mode. Mm-hmm. Yet we still think we have a chance to win a cup. You know, wasn't that? It was four years ago they won their last cup. So it's not. It's not. It's still in the rearview mirror of having that cup. Do you really think that they need to rebuild this moment? No. I'm not going to say that their window of opportunity is closed, but... It's closing. It's narrow. It's very narrow. I think rebuild... And with this production, it's not going anywhere. I think rebuild is a strong word. Retool. Better? No. Maybe or just worse. refigure <laughs> some things out. I, would, I wouldn't say rebuild. I'd say reset, in a way. I think, the, I think these terms just keep getting worse. Because that sounds because re- just like, that rebuild. Sounds like delete your franchise. I, I hear rebuild. I hear tear, tear everything down and start from scratch. That's not at all what you they hear, need you to hear do. You hear Oilers. You hear what the Oilers. I hear Oilers. I think. I think Rangers. I think. Yeah, pretty much Oilers and Rangers. Oilers That's, got lucky. Yeah, getting that transcendental talent. This Connor McDavid, but, but the Kings, they don't need to demolish everything. They're they're a good team. They just you know, haven't been. Quick. Is Quick back yet? Quick. Quick is back. back. He's back yet? He yeah, is back, but he did not perform well against the Islanders. He was pulled. Well, again, it wasn't coming right off an injury. He was, which I knew it was going to take him some time to get readjusted. Like he's coming back from a leg injury. That's that's going to take a while. But he didn't perform well. But they're they're going to be okay. They I, may need a piece here and there, but overall, I think they're they're going to be fine. They just have to get back into this, the swing of things. So you think it's not a matter of, hey, let's restart. You think it's a matter of, let's calm down. Let's get underway. It's only October. Yeah. We still have a little bit. Of, we still have, mm. you know, f- long season to go. Along with Ilya Kovalchuk, I feel like the Kings have to find themselves again as well. I think the whole Kings organization? Yes. Just that's a team. Yep. I think it's like your check engine light comes on, you freak out. And all it is is just you need an oil change. And you don't know what the... Eh, you're not going to go buy a new car. I like that. I like that a lot. A, that's a nice analogy. You're not going to buy a new car. You're just going to get an oil change. Okay. That's what they need. So I think we all agree with that. Mm-hmm. So let's look Let's look at tonight. Let's look at the games we got tonight. We have four games tonight. Nothing too big happens on Mondays. Yeah. No, no, nothing great on Mondays. We got Avalanche Flyers. I think that's a decent matchup. That'd be a fun game to watch. It'd be an mm-hmm. interesting game Someone's to watch. Someone's going to lose. So let's 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 quick. That is how that wow, works. great guess. <laughs> Someone's I would learn. think. Let, let's go around. Let's see. Let's see what everybody says, and let's make our predictions. Okie dokie. So Nick, you want to start? Uh with Avalanche Flyers. Yes. Uh Avalanche win this game. Really? Don't, yes. No, by what score? Philly's favored. Um, by what score? And Philly's fl- what the heck? Philly's is going fa- on? they're the home team. That's why. Oh. Um, I think the Avalanche win this one. Um, I think Gabe Landeskog continues. Uh, on his strong season, and I say they shut out. Mm. The eh. I'm kind three one three one final score. Gabe Landeskog continues his point streak, and so does Nathan McKinnon. Jason, Colorado wins this one. Um, I it's not going to be a very uh, it's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a close game. Philly has to figure out their their penalty kill. And they have to stay out the box. They have to stay out the box as much as possible, and they have to figure out the penalty kill. They've given up nine power play goals in eight games. If they can't figure that out, they're not going to win games down the line. So, I think that 
Colorado takes this one because they're going to take advantage of the power plays that they get. So final score? Uh, 3-1. So you and Nick are on the same boat? Did you say 3-1? I mm-hmm. said 3-1. Wow. Ryan? It's like a copy. agree. Me. I'm taking Colorado, too, just because of the <laughs> fact that the hot streak that Nathan McKinnon's on and Gabriel Landeskog also. And the Flyers just haven't really been clicking. So I think Colorado takes it. I'll give it it, – it will be – I think it's going to be a close game. But I think ultimately Colorado comes out. I'll say – I'll give it 4-2. Colorado's fun to watch when they they're are. not beating your team. But they're fun to watch. Yeah, no, when they're when it's that free game on NHL.TV for the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good game to watch. I think it's going to be – I think the Avalanche are going to win. So we're all in unanimous saying the Avalanche are going to win. I do think they'll get a shoot uh, shout-out, though. Depending on, I think it's um, their goalie. But moving on, Hurricanes Wings. I think we all know what we're gonna say here, and I feel bad because like I I like the Red Wings, and I I really was I do like the team, but they're just not good. Canes have lost three in a row. Anything could happen. Well, hey, they won a game. They're coming off their first victory of the season. Detroit's won one. Detroit's on a one-game winning streak. Their first winning streak all season. Uh, Hurricanes are on a three-game losing streak. So do you pick? Do you pick the Wings to win? I think the Wings are gonna win. They have momentum. And guess what? I'm gonna agree with them. They're they're the home team. I feel like this is just this is just pity points because no Detroit's no no De- just Detroit just is the home team. They have some momentum. They have something to cheer for. I think some fans are gonna come out. They're gonna back their team, and the the Red Wings are gonna edge this one out. Ryan, I'm still gonna go with Carolina here. Thank you. Because just. Detroit, they fell off a cliff so fast. They went from making the playoffs 25 years in a row, and now they're bottom five in the league just out of nowhere. They lost Henrik Zetterberg, which is huge. And Carolina's this young, up-and-coming team, and I I think they're going to take it. I'll say I'll give it 4-1, Carolina's going to take it. I give the same reasoning for Ryan, so I think we're both in agreement. So it's 2-2. Two to two. I'm just going to top that. Detroit wins in overtime. That's the one thing I want to add. Overtime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say overtime because they just edge it out. Okay. Blues, Jets. 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 I give it to the Jets. J-E-T-S. No, no, Wrong blues, Jets. Blues, Wrong blues. Jets. Wrong Jets. <laughs> All right. So I, got, I got the Blues. You next me the Blues? Yeah. We'll just keep going. We'll just go quick. You know the doors, Nick. Blues. Uh, last one. Capitals. Canucks. Caps. Canucks. I think Caps winning overtime. I'll take the Caps. All right. Now, since we I don't believe we have any questions on Facebook this evening, but we do not. My dad so, says hello. Well, that's not a question. <laughs> hello, hello, Mr. Matina. My dad says hello. Glad we could answer <laughs> that's that a question. <laughs> so, but now, take a good look at your at what games are this week. What's your game of the week? Ooh, Gotta um, scroll really fast. I, I have mine and I'll give my reasoning. I've got two. Ooh. I've got also I'll call them co games of the week. We got tomorrow, San Jose Nashville. That's gonna be the the Sharks haven't been performing as well, but they're overdue. So they're for and it's always yeah, and it's always fun watching two teams that could be in the playoffs, or both of them probably will be in the playoffs at some point. And my other one is on Wednesday, it's Toronto-Winnipeg. Those are just two fun teams to watch, two young teams. They have a lot of talent on both sides, so I think that's going to be a very, very entertaining game to watch. Yeah, my, mine is just uh, Toronto-Winnipeg on Saturday as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a home-and-home? Home. Well, Winnipeg has a game in between, but yes. For Toronto, it is. 
Well, okay. My, mine is Jets. Is Jets Leafs? I think that's. I have a different game than all of you. I'll think that'll be a great matchup. So, um, same reason crowd's gonna say it's a great matchup to young teams that are hungry as heck. I'm obviously gonna say the Islanders and Panthers. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Say Rangers in Chicago. No, nah, my game is on Wednesday, and it's the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. Ooh, Ooh that'll, that'll be fun to game, watch. The that game will be, be on NBC at 9:30. I think NBC. my game of the week is on Thursday. Um, Capitals Oilers. Oh, that is interesting a good, that's a good pick. pick. Yeah, I think that'll be a fun matchup. Weird pick, but interesting pick. Yeah, I mean, can't just do what you guys are doing. <laughs> hey, we're <laughs> picking. Think, we're picking the games we I think. We're trying to say punk. It'll be fun to see uh, Ovechkin match up with McDavid, old and young. Very true, old and young. So, I think with that, are we good? Yes, sir. I think so. So you're very good. Thank you, Jason, for Facebook Live. Thanks for tuning in, and from all of us here at Post to Post. You've been listening to it, and you know where we are every week. So you've listened to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org.